What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Happy Skews Day to you. It is October 24th, 2023. I'm Trey Crowder, and look who's back, everybody. Mark A.G. How you doing, Mark? Doing all right, bud. I, was at a, I know you mentioned a death in the family. My uh, oldest nephew, uh, 18 years old, he died last Sunday. He had uh, muscular dystrophy. He wasn't destined for a long life. Uh, he had a version of muscular dystrophy that has a, you know, not a long lifespan, but still was unexpected. Yeah, uh, that's rough. He's a good kid. His mom did a heroic job, giving him the best life possible. And uh, now he's in a better place, as people with more faith than me say. But either way, um, he got to spend his last day at a pumpkin patch with his cousins and his favorite aunt. So better than better way to go than what he was doctor said it would be. So um, anyway, yeah. on, on the show, I wanted to give a shout out to uh, Jim Gray, who's a frequent skewer, who's a, a former chief of the Osage Nation. He's one of the people that was involved in, uh, you know, Martin Scorsese's got a new movie, The Killers of Flower Moon. They consulted a bunch of native uh, Osage people about uh, what went down in the reign of terror that the movie's about. And uh, he had a piece in the New York Times with David Grant, who wrote the book, uh, talking about how they can't even teach it in Oklahoma schools. Um, it's not taught anyway. So if you want to get some Oklahoma history, go see the new Martin Scorsese movie. <laughs> so, Damn, uh, that's wild. Well, I mean, I guess it's not wild. It's, you know, it's a shame how not wild that is because, you know, can't like that is altogether surprising. I wonder, do you know if that's like a because that deals with native issues, I could see that being a longstanding thing, or is that a more recent, you know, how the attack on public schools can't teach kids nothing, you know, critical race theory, like, is it fallout from all that? Or have they just been doing this for forever in Oklahoma? Forever. I mean, like yeah, in his piece, he talked about a, a woman who was a contemporary wrote about her experiences during the reign of terror. And like her <laughs> writings about it just disappeared from the library. But it was about the same time as the Tulsa race massacre. Um, and just like a bunch of, you know, uh, after the end of reconstruction, a lot of like white supremacy should happen that we just sort of yada yada away as, as a country. And that don't hit a uh, couple of things that made me laugh before we get to the show. Um, th- let me read you this headline. Uh, the white house alters state dinner plans due to world crises. The B 52s are no longer perform. So B-52s. <laughs> what? don't get to play at the white house because of. Hamas attacking Israel. Uh, that's I don't a, know. It's just like, that's got to be a pretty big bummer for the B-52s. I bet they were pretty psyched to be doing the White House in 2023. No, I, you know, yeah. B-52s are great. They're rad. But, you know, I don't even know if they were still yeah. together or touring, let alone doing the White House. It sucks that all the staffers have to miss out on, you know, Rock Lobster all because of, yeah. you know, this bullshit in the Middle East. I don't uh, – did they think it was disrespectful or they were just like Biden wasn't going to be there because he had other shit to do because of everything that's going on or something? You know how the shit plays. It ended up being a headline on Fox News. It's just not where the juice didn't work the squeeze for me. And like the White House has a celebration with the B, the B fifty two, right? Uh, other silly stuff. Uh, the Rangers advanced the World Series last night. Uh, I don't usually pay attention to baseball. I was a Dallas sports fan. The Rangers are deep in the playoffs. Have somebody text my buddies back in Dallas about. But last night, the Astros fans uh, who the Rangers were playing started a petition to keep Ted Cruz from going to game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, before you give the context, I just I saw on Twitter, I saw the response to it. I saw a tweet that said something. It was something like Ted Cruz issue statement that despite fan led petition to keep him from coming to the game, he will attend the game tonight. And it cracked me up because I was just like. I, I just thought it's just everybody continuing to hate Ted Cruz as much as they do. You know what I mean? I was a jinx. Yeah, right. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know that part. 
until you told me. I thought they were, you know, just, yeah, I wouldn't want Ted Cruz anywhere I'm going to be either. They did, when they won before, he, like, was at the parade or something and got shit thrown at him and that type of thing. Like, you remember that? Like, like, you know, he don't hit for a whole lot of people, and I thought that's all it was. But like you said, no, there's more to it than that. He's no, like, even <laughs> yeah, even people that don't follow sports, like he'll like he shows up to a lot of Texas sporting events, and like he like invariably the team always loses. They be like, go Rice, and they lose like a big ball game, or like go UT, and they use lose a big game. Man, and it's- I hate <laughs> to say this, but like I, you know, I feel Ted Cruz on that particular thing. I have the worst luck with attending sporting events. Like you know, I mean, it's a thing in our text thread that I, I'm a curse. So last the last game I went to was the Titans Browns game in Cleveland. They got murdered 27 to three. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah. the, uh, the rate, the, the, uh, he, Dick Cruz attended four, uh, Astros games, this playoffs and they were Oh, and four in game seven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now they are eliminated. Yes. Oh, and four, including the, uh, game seven, which kept them out of it. Yeah. So. And this won't hit for you at all. Somebody who flies a lot, way more than I do anymore. Uh, you know, I just flew a couple of days ago. Uh, an off duty pilot tried to, uh, <laughs> uh, I engage a flight. He was flying in a jump seat in a cockpit and tried to sh- uh, pull like the, 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 you know, fire shutdown, uh, you know, the, what do you call it? The flame guy. Why can't think of the name for it? Like fire suppression system. Yeah. Fire spread. We just put a cut fuel to the engines and a yeah. flight from uh, Washington state to San Francisco. They had to do an emergency landing in Portland. And I was like, Oh, cause the political thing here is I need everybody to remember here that the airlines want to go down to one pilot per flight. Right. And they, I mean, I'm kind of, I guess in that respect, I'm almost kind of glad this, because, you know, the plane didn't crash. They stopped him. Like they ended up being fine. But like, you know, there was that big case in Europe a few years ago where that pilot, you know, it was the Mm -hmm. only pilot. He locked himself in the cockpit and he crashed the plane because he Mm -hmm. was suicidal and beyond and he took everybody else with him. And ever since then, they changed the regulations to where no one is ever in the cockpit by themselves. There's never just one pilot in there. And they got this whole thing like, all these procedures now and change the way the doors work and everything to prevent that. And I was going to say this type of thing ain't supposed to happen, but I mean, it didn't happen because they stopped the guy because of that. Right. So you're right. Mm-hmm. So them wanting to like go back down to one pilot because of cost cutting measures and nobody yeah. wanting to work anymore or whatever uh, that can fuck right off. <laughs> yeah. They all think stopping it is union. So uh, go pilots union stopping this bullshit. But like, anyway, the guy's name is Joseph Davis, David Emerson. He's like a 44 year old father of like, Nothing in his guy's profile saying he would do this. He's currently charged with reckless endangerment of all 83 people who are on board and attempted yeah. murder of all 83. 80, but he says he was just on mushrooms. <laughs> so yeah, man. A body experience. I mean, I guess you could get so fucked up on mushrooms, you're just completely outside your mind and do some shit like that. But it'd be pretty wild. There's an old Bill Hicks bit about this exact type of thing where he's like, he says something like in the bit, he's like, you only ever hear in the news about it. Some guy takes too much acid and you know, tries to run a school bus off the road or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like they never ever talk about the guy who takes acid and fucking discovers the truth of the universe. We're all atoms experiencing themselves and has a spiritual awakening. And all, you know, this in very Bill Hicksian style. But yeah, that's what I thought of when I read this. It's been a while since I heard like a like a fear mongering drug related story like this. I feel like they used to happen all the time, like the dude eating faces mm-hmm. in Florida and that type of shit. But this is the first one I've I've heard in a minute. Yeah, uh, I don't really know why this guy did what he did. Obviously, he wasn't in a good mental headspace one way or the other. Uh, but anyway, uh, we need multiple pilots because one pilot in the cockpit might have lost a fist fight to this dude and all 83 people will be dead. So uh, anyway, uh, support your pilot's union. 
<laughs> yeah. 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 All right. Well, let's get into it. Producer Matt is with us. A little bit of a caveat. He's on the road right now. He's also dealing with some stuff, but he's still doing the show tonight. And so he's in an Airbnb or something. So you guys be easy on him tonight, okay? That goes for me and Mark, too. All right? I'm sure he's going to do a great job. But he is back there pulling his strings and doing his things and whatnot. This is Weekly Skews. Uh, before we continue, I want to remind you of a few things, of course. Number one, uh, if you'd like to see me perform live, and you should, then uh, go to TreyCrowder.com. Come check us out. I'll be in uh, Boston this weekend. Uh, I don't know what that was supposed to be, but I'll be in Boston. In Phoenix, Chicago, San Fran, Northwest Arkansas, Fayetteville, Bentonville area, Lowell in particular, Nashville, back home in Tennessee, as always, the weekend before Christmas. And then we got some 2024 dates coming soon, so come see me, TreyCrowder.com. Also, at TreyCrowder.com, you can find a, a link to check out my book with Corey Ryan Forrester called Round Here and Over Yonder. It is a comedic travel guide. People seem to enjoy it. I believe you would too. So check it out or go on Audible and get the audio book, which me and Cho read. And it's a dandy good time. Uh, and then lastly, if you enjoy this program and would like to show your support, what you can do is you can sign up on Patreon. $5 a month gets you access to full-length bonus episodes. We're going to do one later this very week. We cover things that you know we don't get to in the main show or things that happen in between or just stuff we want to talk about. It's a good time. Go to weeklyskews.com slash more or go on Patreon. Search for my name. You'll find it either way. Sign up on there. Get some more skews in your life. Now, as for the show tonight, uh, it ain't the big election year. That is, of course, next year. But there are some elections coming up in November, and some of them are quite important and could serve as a litmus test for the strategy moving forward in the big elections next year. Talk about the Ohio abortion measure, a tight governor's race in Kentucky and more. We'll get to all those a little later, but first the daily dumbass, Matt Gra Tonight's DD Republican Congress people for not submitting to the leadership of the genius. That is Tom Emmer seen here. Obviously. Today's gig economy sprung out from the uh, last recession. It offers a job to anyone who wants one. During COVID-19, we must make sure that our nation's sole proprietors and the smallest of small businesses. <laughs> if you're only listening, his head is upside down on the Zoom call and disembodied, too, by the way. Yeah. Like, I think that's a nice part of it, too. It's not just that it's not like an image of him at his desk flipped upside down. It's his disembodied floating head also flipped upside down. He looks like Zordon from the Power Rangers, you know, but without, <laughs> without, any, without any tech support or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and Maxine Waters is like, Tom, you're upside down. You're upside down. He's like, I can't figure, I know, but I can't figure out how to turn it off. I guess this kid was playing around a Zoom or something. But yeah, so Tom Emmer won a Republican straw poll in the caucus meeting this morning. And then without even a floor vote, dropped out four hours later. He's the third one to go down. No one knows what's going to happen next. These morons can't get their shit in order. And remember when, like, Liz Truss was the prime minister of England, the UK yeah. for, like, yeah. a couple weeks? Le less time than it took a cabbage to wilt, I believe. They had a... It was a head of a, lettuce. A head of Liz lettuce. versus the yeah. lettuce. Yeah. Liz versus the lettuce, yeah. They had a viral thing over there would do was tracking whether this lettuce would survive longer than she did. And it did, I think, And it right? did. And yeah, it, it right. did. Yeah. Anyway, the Republicans <laughs> are, like, they've gotten the timetable down to, like, a spoon full of mayonnaise and a hot car on a summer day. Yeah. Uh, so if you want <laughs> what their beef with Tom ever was or why he couldn't, like, everyone understands, like, Republicans can't even accept the results of their own legitimate elections anymore. Right. Like the whole the whole reason you have this vote is everyone nominates their candidate. You get 
the one who gets the most votes, you go to the floor and all vote for. You got to you got to consent to the binding of, of right. uh, anyway. So Emmer did cast out the 2020 election, but ultimately voted to certify Biden's victory, which is the, the, his his beat his problem with both Trump and the people that are Trump fanatics. But like, he's not like sane. He's from Minnesota, if you're wondering. I think he represents the Minnesota Sixth, something like that. Like, he opposed legislation that was aimed to curb school bullying. Like, he's mm-hmm. pro school bullying. Yeah, he's not crazy enough for these fuckers. These kids he are soft a- today, Mark. You got to toughen them up somehow. <laughs> he made an internet video the, the, where he said he wanted to fire Nancy Pelosi, where he was firing a machine gun. I guess the idea was he was going to shoot Nancy Pelosi. He's pro cryptocurrency and kind of pro drunk driving. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, he literally like, it, I, I mean, if I want to be fair to his position, he thinks they shouldn't take your driver's license away just for refusing a sobriety test. Like he, he proposed legislation, but like, you know, anyway, I'm not gonna get in the weeds of like libertarian stuff of whether or not you should be able to lose your driver's license without a conviction first. But like, so this is such a messy, it's so messy. Yesterday, a reporter asked representative Jack Burp and do you have a path forward tomorrow and he said, well, I have a path to at least get up in the morning and get here. So finding their way to the Capitol <laughs> is now a victory for Republicans in Congress. Yeah, man. I like, you know, you said it's like uh, he's in favor of school bullying and drunk driving. He shot a machine gun at Nancy Pelosi in a video, ostensibly, you know, and, and mm. faked it, whatever. And he's still not crazy enough for them because he because he voted ultimately voted to certify Biden's victory or whatever. And it's like how, you know, it's like with Liz Cheney and Kinzinger or whatever, Liz Cheney, especially everybody knows fucking arch conservative, like near Mm -hmm. perfect score on the crazy ass conservative scale. But, you know, she opposed like sedition and treason and whatnot. And that was pretty much her only sin. And she had to go. And so that's like the purity test now. Like, and I just, I know I, I brought this up when all this first started a few weeks ago, but I just think it's kind of ironic, sort of deliciously so, that I feel like for a long time, it was like the thing, you know, you couldn't fuck up on the right almost. Do you know what I mean? And not like they were, they'd still back, like sexual assault charges, whatever. And all that is still cool. But like, mm. it always seemed like liberals were always at each other's throats more than Republicans tended to be more infighting and whatnot. And now that's flipped on its head completely. That's the level of disarray they're at. They're submitting each other to these purity tests and stuff all the time and calling each other rhinos and stuff for, you know, voting to certify the results of a completely fair election and that's it i mean it's pretty wild byron donald's republican from florida he's in it he's in his he's trying to run for speaker and though he's in his first term like he literally just knows where the bathrooms are it's about it i I mean you know might as well take a shot at it like how it's going yeah (laughs) he he went on fox news and said that like this is happening because republicans are all independent thinkers where, where democrats have like an authoritarian lockstep style it's like that is not historically the no, case at all. Exactly. Like, like, it's the opposite. The old, <laughs> the old quote, it's like, I'm not a member of any organized political party. I'm a Democrat. That's usually how this right. fucking goes. Right. And somehow <laughs> they, in comparison, are just in complete lockstep over everything except, you know, Israel. But so, uh, but basically what we have here is like, if you combine like a parliamentary system where a majority of the legislature could bring down the government at any point with the presidential system where the government would then be in place until the next fixed election, until a new legislature is elected, which is like currently 16 months away. And like, I don't know if we'll ever, like, I do think the only way, I brought this up before, the only way out of this is for the 18 or 20 Biden district Republicans to just caucus with the Democrats and just get it, get the fuck over with. Cause they're never going to arrive at a solution this way. And we'll get into why in a second. But like, so if you wonder what happened to Emmer, it was just Trump. Right. Um, 
Trump called around, got a bunch of people to turn on Emmer, and then he he called a person close to him who asked me to leak to to to, to uh, um, a reporter. He's done. It's over. I killed him. And minutes later, Emmer officially announced he was dropping out of the race. Uh, Trump had been floating around a dossier, some old Oppo research on Emmer, uh, talking about <laughs> Emmer's old DUI arrest and his views on normalizing relations with Cuba, which uh, getting DUIs isn't cool, but uh, normalizing relations with Cuba would be. He also voted to support gay marriage. He was like against gay marriage until it became like the law of the land, and he voted for a federal bill for the federal government to recognize uh, legal same-sex marriages, and that was enough to like get him in the bad graces of you know the shithead conservatives. Um, Trump. Is in was in New York today for his fraud trial, civil trial. Mm-hmm. Michael Cohen was testifying, and he stepped out and called Amber a rhino, and it was just over instantly. Right, over. So, so he's on trial for fraud. Right, will still do exactly what he wants. If you're wondering right. what Cohen testified to today, they were talking about Trump's efforts to buy the Buffalo Bills. For a billion dollars, and he was like, I guess technically they're saying the government saying his net worth was two point three billion at the time, and he was trying to lie and say it's eight million because the NFL will only finance ten percent the purchase price of a team. So he was trying to inflate his net worth to make it look like he could buy the Bills. I'm not sure what his plan was once he said he could buy it. Anyway, the other day he was in New Hampshire to file to run the primary, and he said they were asking about the speaker race, and he said, "Let me quote here: There's only one person that can do it all the way, and that's Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ came down and said I want to be speaker, he would do it." Other than that, I haven't seen anyone who can guarantee it. So Jesus would need votes. <laughs> <laughs> like, wouldn't like the powers of God be enough? To, like, like right. That is funny to imagine that. That like he actually finally does come back, but has to like submit to you know parliamentary procedure or whatever. It's like, well, I don't uh, wanna, you know, because <laughs> we're gonna go about this the right way. We need to be fair and orderly about everything. But um yeah. And then I mean, Jesus would say we need to take care of the poor and let in the immigrants. Right. Of course he would lose like two hundred points. Yeah, right. Zero. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, like you said, the fact that he's like sitting in court as he's gonna be doing almost every day, you know, and getting, you know, talking about how he's defrauded everybody's ever known and whatnot, and not even getting to his criminal cases yet. And can just like send a text that says, take Tom Emmer down or whatever. And then mm-hmm. that happens is uh pretty insane. I mean, it's not, we all have known for a while, the chokehold he has on the GOP, but I mean, it's like pronounced, you know, bring it up all the time. It comes up all the time, but it's all fucking, you know, Auntie Lindsay, Lindsay Graham said in 2016, you mm-hmm. know, if we, if we go with this guy, it will destroy this party and we will deserve it. And that's like some of the most prophetic shit I've heard anybody say in the past 10 years. So. And they, they are like, they sort of, they are aware of how dumb they look. They keep getting asked, don't you know how dumb you look? And I go like, yeah. And here's right. uh, here's Kevin, <laughs> yeah. Kevin McCarthy trying to like, <laughs> trying to like get a, get his hands around this uh, former speaker of the house until three weeks ago. <laughs> what history will look at. The crazy eights led by Gates, the amount of damage they have done to this party and to this country is insurmountable. I've never seen this amount of damage done to just a few people for their own personalities, for their own fear of what's going through. And All right, sorry, Matt. Um, so crazy eights led by Gates. I'm not sure it's going to catch on, but I respect the effort. I kind of uh, like it. I was going to say, like, I kind of, <laughs> I, I get that. I kind of, I kind of dig that. I don't know if that's a McCarthyism or who he got that from or whatever, but yeah, it don't, it don't not work for me. Um, yeah. So when, when, before Jim Jordan dropped out, 
a bunch of the holdouts who were a, a, a relatively moderate Republicans. And by that, I mean, people who didn't vote to overturn the election. And they were all getting a bunch of fucking death threats. And Jim Jordan basically said in a caucus meeting, well, it's your fault for getting the death threats because you won't vote for me. And if you're wondering what the death threats sound like, let's play a little clip of, uh, uh, of why, Matt, if you get this, uh, this clip from CNN. I have some exclusive audio right now of a threatening message that was left as a voicemail for the wife of one of the Republican lawmakers who opposes Jordan. This has only been edited to take out identifying information of the wife and the lawmaker. We've bleeped out some of the language, but not all of it. And I want to warn you, this is pretty ugly stuff. Take a listen. Why is your husband such a pig? Why would he get on TV and make an asshole of himself? Because he's a deep state prick? Because he doesn't represent the people? Um, so what we're going to do is we're going to f- come follow you all over the place. We're going to be up your ass nonstop. We are now Antifa. <laughs> we're going to do what the left does because you're of a husband <laughs> on TV. Oh, the bad guys. They did so. I'm going to vote. All right, you can cut it back. So this goes on for like it does, four or five it, minutes. Only, and, we're uh, definitely not going to listen to the whole thing, but I do yeah. want, one thing I'll point out is that like later on, at multiple points, because it does go on forever, he sounds like, we'll stalk you, we'll molest you, but he keeps being like, not violently though. Like, we're yeah. like, like he's like, you're going to be fucking molested, bitch. Not violently. I'm not saying that, but yeah, you and your husband deserve it. Like it's a, uh, it's wild. I also enjoyed and, the part where he's like, we're Antifa now. Uh, that hit for me. Yeah. I was trying to figure <laughs> out what he's referring to. Like when people show up to Brett Kavanaugh's house and like wave the sign around. I know one guy did try to show up like on Kavanaugh's street with a gun one time. And, uh, yeah, but I don't know. They, they sort of imagine that the left yes. is super evil and motivated and militant all the time. And then, and they think, they think that they're doing, they think they got like, like deep cover Antifa agents, like stalking and harassing good red blooded mm-hmm. American conservatives, uh, you know, all the time. Like they, they just think that they just do that despite yeah. them not ever having that had that happen to them or anyone that they know or anything like that. But yeah, it's definitely a thing they believe. So the, 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 the moderate Republicans who usually be, be guaranteed to cave because they're more afraid of their own party than they are of losing a general election for whatever reason, even if they're in a majority democratic, usually district, um, but because shit like this will happen. But, so much of this shit happened that it made them mad <laughs> where they won't fucking relent. They said they just get sheriff's deputies to follow their wife around and tell everybody to fuck off. So like, why would you ever vote for Jim Jordan when he says, Hey man, I'm getting death threats. They're, they're threatening to molest my wife nonviolently or whatever. And it goes, uh, well, if you just vote for me, it would stop. And be like, okay, well you can fuck off and die. You know, it's like, that's not a satisfactory response. And, right. But anyway, th- this doesn't just look clownish to like us and the rest of the world. Um, Republicans are pissed off about this. Um, some polling data here. 67% of Americans believe the House should elect a speaker as soon as possible, compared to 25% who don't care if a new speaker is chosen. I want to meet the 25%. Uh, uh, this includes 57% of Republican voters who want the drama to be over, uh, compared to 34% or prepared to put up with it a little longer. Uh, I, like, this is just like... Try this. Let me give you a, a sense of like the kind of clowns we're dealing with here. Just a couple things from this week. All right. George Santos told the New York Times that his niece was kidnapped, likely by Chinese communists. <laughs> okay. Um, like recently, or this is like another thing they dug up. Yeah, it happened this week. He called New York Times reporter. <laughs> Dude, this guy, this communist. guy is something else, man. 
So the reporter like, called the cops and they, and they go like, uh, I don't know about the, the communist part, but like we've had no reports of any kidnapping. Anyway, he just made up Chinese communist kidnapping his niece. Uh, New York Post found some old campaign expenditures. Where, remember Lauren Boebert giving that guy an uh, over-the-pants hand job at the Beetlejuice thing? Who could forget? Uh, she said she dumped him because she had no idea he was a Democrat. Anyway, right. campaign, she, she used like $400 in campaign money, ever campaign money, at his bar where they put on drag shows. She's revealed to be, back in July, she's revealed to be a huge fucking liar. Apparently, they've been dating for a long time, and she'd been to the bar, probably seen the flyers for the drag brunches, if not attended some of them. Uh, Brian Mast, Republican from Florida, has been running around Congress since the Hamas attack on Israel wearing a uniform for the Israeli Defense Force. Check out this picture. Um, yeah. He's been wearing it every day. <laughs> and, and he didn't even serve. I mean, like he sort of served, like did a photo op thing where he like, did some sort of civil volunteer corps where he handed out like supplies. But like it was just it, it, he was running for Congress in a part of Florida that I'm assuming has a bunch of like uh, uh, Jewish people who fled New York. Um, so he's just pretending that he was an Israeli soldier. If you're wondering, he's not Jewish. He's a Christian guy originally from Michigan. He's an army vet who lost both his legs in Iraq. So I guess I can forgive him being a little crazy after that. He was elected to Congress in 2016. And yeah, the reality is in 2015, when he was running his first campaign, he volunteered with the IDF, uh, working on a base outside Tel Aviv for, I don't know, a couple days, a week. Um, yeah, I think it was and, like, I read it was like two or three weeks. Yeah, he like did a volunteer thing, like you said, handing out supplies or whatever for like two or three weeks maximum. I mean, just like, this is total. This is a hundred percent stolen valor, right? They hate that shit. Yes. Like imagine, yes. imagine someone who it was proven was not in like the U.S. Marines, dressing, wearing dress blues around like publicly every day to make some kind of political point. Where that guy would get yeah. raped, man. Like it's like if a uh, like I did a bake sale for the Army Rangers, right? Right. And then after Black Hawk Down. I'm wearing a ranger uniform in solidarity with my fellow rangers. Right. <laughs> uh, and But it's, this kind of guy, this guy is nothing but a fucking fraud. So in 2016, Mass was briefly linked with a company called World Patent Marketing. They're kind of, they're, they're kind of they're like, you know, we see those late night infomercials, like we'll help you patent your invention, right? Oh, yeah. It's one of those people got shut down by the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, World Patent Marketing donated money to his campaign and said in a press release he sat on their advisory board. Then after they were busted, he said, I never heard of them. I know they on their board. Anyway, uh, you're wondering what kind of fucking weirdo he is. I found this profile of him. Uh, his four kids are named Magnum after Magnum P.I., Maverick from Top Gun, Hell Madeline yeah. after Madeline Kahn, whose little girl was kidnapped in 2007, and Major because they needed another a fourth M name. You couldn't think of one, just one with the military rank. Um, mm-hmm. So these are the people who are trying to wrangle into voting for a speaker. If you want it like the through line here, these people are not trying to govern. They're trying to get on TV with stupid stunts. That's right. all this is. Um, so if you wonder what comes next, they're having a, a big caucus meeting tonight trying to figure out what the fuck to do. Donald's is still running, a few other people. Um, they're floating the idea of a joint speakership between Kevin McCarthy and Jim Jordan, which I didn't know this, but the Constitution, I guess, doesn't say the speaker has to be one person. Now, if it got down to one of them had to be president of Kamala and Biden that both died, I have no idea how to decide. Flip right. order. But yeah, uh, well, you, yeah, that you made me think. I mean, I, does it say anywhere in the Constitution that the speaker can't be a golden retriever? Maybe have they thought about that? I, Fair bud, you know. Yeah, speaker of yeah, the doghouse. Uh, Why not? I want to see that movie <laughs> play uh, out in real time. <laughs> yeah, remember that baby hippo was a sensation at the Cincinnati Zoo? Get a uh, yes. Fiona. Was that her? Yeah, Fiona. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. I was trying yeah. to remember the name, and it was going to tort. Yes, Fiona. Yeah. 
Uh, another name they're floating around, I guess he was the next man up because they, they only have, they have 221 ish, depending on how many people are in jail or dead at the particular moment, members of Congress. And like, so they've already, three have already failed. Although Jordan and McCarthy are trying again as a team up, I guess. Uh, so another, Mike Johnson from Louisiana, he was hardcore committed to overturning Biden's election victory through the state, state legislature theory. So he passes that test. And if Trump is up to anything here, it's trying to get hardliners in charge of Congress before the next election. So they will refuse to certify a Democrat. Of course. Uh, yeah. If he's doing anything intelligible and otherwise just fucking throwing a fit and trying to like screw over people he thinks are against him. Um, so, but other bad Trump news today, bad news for him. Uh, in the last couple of days, uh, Kenneth Cheesebro and Sidney Powell, who was lawyers involved in the scheme to overturn the election, both pled guilty in, um, right. in Atlanta. And then so did Jenna Ellis. She was yeah. a lawyer who was sitting next to Rudy when he farted in that legislature hearing. Yes, <laughs> that? yeah. They're rolling right. on him, Matt. They're, flip, uh, they're flipping on him. Yeah, they all flipped. Uh, also, Mark Meadows, it was it came out today that he got some sort of immunity deal from the special prosecutor in a January 6th investigation, although whether or not he's testifying against Trump, is, people are, were arguing about that when, I, we, when our show started. I don't know. But like, this is the guy. I just want to show this clip uh, from a Trump speech, uh, I think yesterday. This is the guy they're all fucking willing to die for. And right. I can't make, I, I, I will never understand this. Uh-huh. This is on our businesses. Why are you doing that? He said, uh, Macron, nice guy. You know, look, he's for France. I'm for, I'm for us. I'm for us. You know how you spell us, right? You spell us, U.S. I just picked that up. Has anyone ever thought of that? Before? I just picked that up. <laughs> <laughs> anyone ever it, thought of that us. before? What the fuck? Yeah. You just realized U.S. spells us. Right. Like... <laughs> That same speech, he talked about how much he loved Viktor Orban, who he said was the leader of Turkey. Orban's the leader of Hungary, uh, Erdogan. Erdogan, or Erdogan, yeah. however you say Erdogan, it. Yeah. Erdogan's how you pronounce it, yeah. Erdogan, okay. um, uh, He said he would kick out immigrants who don't believe in our religion. I don't know what fucking, I mean, I know which one he means, but he didn't say, but although this is one of the most un-American things I've ever heard in my entire life, he compared himself to Nelson Mandela because he may be going to prison. He also just can't keep a train of thought together. And today, DeSantis finally started hitting him for his brain not working good. Too late, motherfucker. Too mm -hmm. late. Um, right, so, uh, anyway, never, even got, never yeah. even got started. You know what else didn't get started? If you let notice in that clip when he says you can't spell us without us or whatever he said, us USA, some dude in the back tries to start a USA chant USA, and it doesn't take that dude had to be so crushed by that. Like you know, he thought that guy at a Trump rally was like, this is the most surefire USA chant opportunity I've ever had. No, nope. can't fail. No dice. Yeah, yeah poor bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway let's uh let's get into it so yeah people are voting on things in november mark i knew about the stuff yeah in Ohio. i haven't really kept up with the rest of it but some of it's shortly important you were just in virginia they got a bunch of shit to vote on oh dude i was just trying to like i don't watch a lot of linear tv but uh, i live in california which is not like a heavily contested state for most elections and uh so i'm not i don't see a lot of political ads usually and I tried watching like playoff baseball and college football. I was inundated with some of the craziest fucking ads. And the, the, the Republican ads are all like, he's a self a self described socialist. And he laughed at the father of a teenage sexual assault victim. I'm like, Jesus Christ. And the Democratic ads are like, I'm sane. My name's Josh. And that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, yeah. So, uh, 
there's a, a bunch of state and local elections nationwide in a couple of weeks. Uh, special election for, there's a special election for legislative seat in New Hampshire, which could flip the chamber. There is mayoral elections in a lot of, a lot of major cities. Uh, you can all check out your local ones and make sure and vote. But I want to key in on a few with national import. Um, but like, <laughs> I cannot get over the disparity between how people vote in a locked booth and how sane they are when you shake their hand. I know, right? Right. Right. Uh, Think about so, that all the time. I mean, every post Trump, especially, you know, it's gotten mm-hmm. it's real stark contrast. And it's like being from the South. You think both of us would like sort of understand that already. But it's just I don't know. It's gotten wilder. Like you said, the people you meet and talk to seem totally normal. And then some of the shit that they believe or are down with is just like the blood curdle. Weird. I- I mentioned on the show before in my home county, Buckingham County, Virginia, it was in the national news because like this local legislation uh, elections administrator is the county of like, I don't know, 14, 15,000 people uh, was in hot waters. I thought she'd help to rig the election, even though Trump won, I guess it didn't run by enough or whatever. I, I mentioned it before. Anyway, I was talking to my sister about it. That's a friend of hers. <laughs> right. That's why my sister ends up volunteering for elect- for, for uh, polling places. And like her husband was at my nephew's family night. And um, these are good old boys. And they were thinking like, what do you think when these people accuse your wife of being a deep state? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and it's just like, it's just a, it's just so fucking crazy. Um, but anyway, a lot of people are saying this elections, these elections are going to like be referendums on a variety of issues, mostly abortion. Uh, and also like school stuff, like the book banning and stuff that uh, uh, the national parties will like use as like a litmus test or like a canary in a coal mine to see how they should go on it. So like, I would urge you to vote to send a message to the national party that you are a sane person who supports women having rights and kids being able to read books. All right. So, um, like for example, if, uh, what the Republicans are telling themselves is that like Marco Rubio and JD Vance won their elections while being openly pro, uh, pro life while Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz and Adam Lexalt in Nevada tried to like be coy with it. And Rubio and Vance won and the other two lost. They're trying to tell themselves that like being, hardcore, extremely pro-life, anti-choice is the way to go in these elections. And you need to re- come out hard and rebut them. Otherwise, the Democratic Party and their cowardly, uh, risk-averse way will also agree with the Republican Party and abortion will not be a salient issue going forward. But then there's just uh, so much like evidence to the contrary as far as that goes in terms of you know uh, results right. and polling and just shit, how, you know, how many... You know, everything that's happened since the Dobbs decision is seemed right. to indicate like this has pissed people off and it's bad for Republicans. So it seems right. weird to me at this stage that they're telling themselves like, no, this is the way to go. We need to be even more hardcore. We need to double yeah. down. I, like, I don't Vir- get it. Vir- Virginia Democrats made a like a basically an issue ad for statewide for everybody. There was basically like made, made the point that like, here's all the places that have these hardcore abortion bans. There's all these all the, the all these other southern states It's like Virginia's next. Right. They, they made the case that's coming for them. So like they are trying, but I'm saying they have to keep seeing it win or they'll give up on it. You know what I'm <clears throat> yeah. And we've talked about the Ohio ballot initiative uh, uh, before, but one reason the national party is watching this is because Sherrod Brown's up for election and they're, they're going to, he's a, uh, a good Senator as far as democratic senators go. And if, if they look at that and abortion access doesn't win by a mile, they're not going to put as much money towards keeping Sherrod Brown in office. Ohio's turned hard right, and they have limited money, 
right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, it becomes like a self-fulfilling prophecy with a lot of these races because they just don't put any effort or resources whatsoever towards some of them Mm because they consider it a foregone conclusion that they're going to lose anyway. But like with an incumbent, though, in a place like Ohio, you know, that – uh, that, and Shavad Brown's, uh, he's usually, I mean, like even the conservatives there, cause he's like a real dude who cares about working people's issues, you know? Right. Um, but like, it's not just like the, the, the left liberal side that's watching these elections, um, activists in Florida and Arizona are watching it too. Cause there are going to be abortion rights measures probably in Florida and Arizona. They're going to be on the ballot there, uh, next year. And everybody's going to like, see how hard to fight for, fight for that stuff, depending on how Ohio goes. Also, Weeds up for legalization via ballot initiative in Ohio. Those are two things people are voting for is whether they want to keep uh, women having rights and everybody being able to smoke weed. So uh, go vote in Ohio. Uh, Let's talk about my home home state of Virginia, where uh, 140 seats, all 140 seats in the General Assembly are on the ballot. uh, uh, You know, it comes up every four years. Last time was 2019. Um, It's also the first time in 10 years that a Republican trifecta, party control of both state houses and the governorship is uh, possible because Glenn Youngkin will be the governor. Um, right now it's real. I, I looked up polling. I was trying to look up polling data for the legislature and, uh, this article popped up second. The first one popped up was written by my alma mater. So I didn't want to use it to feel, see it feel too up my ass, but it quoted an old professor of mine by the name of Stephen J. Fawnsworth, whose name always hit for me because it sounded like he's wearing bow ties and talking a deep Southern accent, which is for sure. Good. Um, so <laughs> the poll was, this says, uh, this is, uh, just like 700 registered voters. I think 42% of Virginians said they would vote for democratic candidates. Well, 41% said they would vote for Republicans. It's got a 4% margin of error. So it should cut either way. Um, but conservative election activists are training people. They're trying, they're trying to do a dry run for 2024 as an example of the national party, about how to do vote suppression. So they're training people to go to, to, to volunteer polling places to try to gum up the works and stop people they think are Democrats, I guess, by looking at them uh, from voting. Um, they also, air quote, accidentally purged, purged 10,000 people from voter rolls because the computer thought they were felons, even though they weren't. Uh, right. Dem- Democrats are, have filed lawsuits and are trying to get the JOJ to probe it because, you know, Republicans do this kind of shit. Um, it's easier to go back and discount a felon's vote. <laughs> Then it, I, mean, I guess that's not true, but like, cause you don't know how you voted. Like it's like people that are felons. We've talked about this before. The reason people d- don't do in-person voter fraud for the most part, knowingly, not like they tricked people in Florida into doing it, but like people, people don't knowingly do it is why am I risking jail time to help right. somebody I don't know, get a job. Of course. Right. Worth the squeeze. Um, yeah. I mean, that was well, the whole thing. Like, the, yeah, the boogeyman of like voter fraud and they actually think that type of shit is is happening. And that's how the Democrats steal the elections and like that being more plausible in their minds versus the idea that like, you know, restricting voting rights, especially mm-hmm. amongst marginalized groups, generally just helps the Republicans win. You know, like right. one of those things more likely than the other. Although I guess I mean, they probably are would be in favor either way, you know, mm-hmm. like Republican voters. But still, it's maddening. Yeah, that's why I mean, like if I'm not saying in-person voter fraud never happens, you just have to be a huge psychotic idiot to do it. Who doesn't understand anything works. And that's why people that get caught doing it are mostly Trump voters who think that voter fraud is it, easy. It's not just um, why would I risk jail time to get somebody I don't know a job? It's also like the you'd have to in person, you'd have to fraud it up so that it you vote 10,000 more times or something right. to make any actual difference. You know what I mean? Like because of the numbers involved. Mm. So it's like the whole risk reward equation just makes no sense for that to be an actual thing. So yeah. Right. 
the math doesn't math. Uh, right. By the way, Republicans tried to pass a 15-week uh, abortion ban earlier this year, and it was only blocked because Democrats uh, controlled uh, a small majority in the state Senate. So if they get a trifecta, they're openly campaigning. They're going to they're going to uh, um, pass a 15 week abortion ban. Now they're trying to Republicans are trying to thread a weird needle here because they're not being coy about it. They're trying to like present it present it as like um, uh, empathetic because they're saying they're going to be exceptions for rape and incest. In 15 weeks, most people, overwhelming majority of people who uh, exercise their uh, option to choose do so before 15 weeks, right? So this only right. affects a small uh, portion of people, but also it affects people who are having medical emergencies. So why sure. are you, you don't, you don't want to be proof. And also these, these exceptions are fake. And like no one, you can't get access to them. How do you get a judge to rule that you're pregnant due to incest before the baby? Like, it's like, it's very hard right. to do. And doctors are too afraid. And to doctors are afraid. Right. Dude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doctors won't. Yeah. They're afraid of getting this, bu- well, whatever, you know, losing their license. Mm-hmm. With, is that called this? That's not disbarred, right? That's just loggers. What do they call it? It doesn't matter. Doctors don't want to lose. License. Yeah, yeah lose, they don't want to lose their license over it, whatever, because of these ridiculous laws. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it fucks people over regardless. It's like you said, the vast majority of people. It's not. They frame it as being like Democrats want to fucking you know coat hanger out and nine month old fetuses and whatever like shit like that. They just want to kill babies at any age or whatever. And it's like it's all just a straw man because. You know, like you said, the vast majority of just regular old abortions are happening, you know, um, well before 15 weeks anyway. It's just, you know, a mass of cellular material, basically, and whatnot. And then, but they use that to justify these laws that fuck over people in horrendous situations for no good reason other than just Mm -hmm. the Lord or morality or whatever. Yeah, and by the way, there's a study that came out today uh, from a, a reputable source that said that abortions nationwide were up 5.5 percent last year. Legal abort, legal abortions. So that's despite the fact that thir- 13 states, it's basically impossible to. I think it's 13 states, it's basically impossible to get one in. So people are either traveling to other states, or all this talk about abortion has made a much more live option for people who wouldn't have considered prayer. I don't know, but my, the point is, like, if their idea was to stop. Uh, have more babies be born. This issue is totally back. Well, we could have told them that if you want to have less abortions, you have better sex education. Of course, more, that's yes, right. Support for moms, right? right? Better better paternity leave, shit like that. But like, like this isn't going to work. This is no way to achieve their goal, which is like one of the things that makes makes it so fucking nihilistic. And Republicans can lie to themselves because they like prior to the Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade. Most people would tell people there were there, there was broad support. There was broad polling support for a, a restricting abortion after 15 weeks. But since then, since people have heard the horror stories about all the stuff that's happening downstream of banning abortion, people go. People don't like their rights being like. When, ask people a question in a poll. It's hypothetical. When the reality, uh, when the rubber hits the road of rights being taken away, it does not hit for people. Um, and a new a poll that came out this summer showed even a third of Republican primary voters, these are the hardest core conservatives in the country, opposing a 15 week, the 15-week ban idea. Um, right now, only 17% of Virginia voters want abortion laws to become more restrictive. The rest of this stuff, here's more polling. from the, uh, A majority of Virginians polled said they think public schools should teach how racism in America's history impacts the country today. With 38% saying it should be taught a great deal and 31% saying a good amount. So that's 69% saying at least a good amount. 12 Republicans poll, Republicans polled said it should be taught a great deal. Uh, 
it comes to banning books in school libraries, 84% of Virginians said they disagreed with removing books that any parent objects to, even if other parents like the book. The poll also found 73% agree that it's important for public school libraries to have books representing different perspectives about controversial issues, even if it makes some uncomfortable. So how the fuck is this close? Do people not know what the parties stand for at this point? And if if Republicans win this by any decent margin, there's already talk about drafting Youngkin as a last-ditch attempt to try to stop Trump, which is just laughable because no one's going to be able to do it. Um, I, I like I can't figure out what people think like they're voting for because 58% of Virginians want retail sales of recreational marijuana to be allowed, uh, with even 38% support support from Republicans. A large majority say they want Virginia to stay in the green a regional greenhouse gas and gas initiative, which caps carbon dioxide emissions from power plants across 11 states. 26% support leaving the program. I don't like so like there are four <laughs> greenhouse gas limiting initiatives. They're they're against banning books. The only people right. opinions. They're for teaching racism, but and, also it's a and, close election. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's the uh, thing. That's what happens all the time. It's like we talk all the time about how, like, actually, most of their their policies are unpopular with most people, but they uh, maintain an outsized, you know, hold on power. Uh, uh-huh. because of just so many different facts, because they stack the deck in their favor in so many different ways. But yeah, it's like you said, everything, all those polls indicate that Virginia leans, you know, left-ish on most of these major issues, and yet they might be staring down the barrel of a, you know, Republican trifecta in the state. Yeah. If you want any sort of takeaway here about a Democratic branding problem, Yunkin has a 50, 55% approval rating in Virginia, and Biden has 41%. Um, okay, Kentucky. So... Incumbent Democratic Governor Andy Bashir, and yes, Kentucky has a Democratic governor somehow, is yeah. running for re-election. And he made, a, uh, he made kind of a splash during COVID, I remember. I remember him like getting some shine. Um, because I mean I just because I was very jealous of him or jealous of them because I'm from Tennessee, you know, and I was like, what the fuck? Who this is Kentucky's governor? It's like a uh, level-headed uh Democrat who also was like standing up to the bullshit about like COVID restrictions and yeah. bitching about it and whatnot. I was like, how did where'd they find this guy? How did they elect this guy? But like He's been like he's pretty popular, right? I'm not. It's still Kentucky. He can lose, but like, I mean, they like him there. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sort of surprised by that because he was hardcore. Like he did, like some of it was just it just optically looked bad. But like when church services were supposed to not be ha- taking place, like they K- Kentucky state troopers are taking license plates numbers down at churches, which seemed uh, that stayed open, which seems sort of like out of context, uh, dystopian, yeah. right? Uh, but what they're doing, they're just they were just trying to like do contract tracing for later as if there was an outbreak. But like it still looked fucking awful. But there was that guy who like the guy that was under a manatee quarantine order in a hospital and had COVID, and he just busted out of the hospital and went home. So Bashir sent state troopers to surround his house so he couldn't leave. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, but he's like he's been doing pretty well. He's leading hard on abortion rights in otherwise conservative state. Um his opponent's at the attorney general, uh guy by the name of Daniel Cameron who has previously voiced support for total abortion ban with no exceptions for rape, rape and incest. And uh, Bashir's campaign has worked really hard to let people know that. Uh, let's watch this campaign ad, which, uh, as they say, pulls no punches. I was raped by my stepfather after years of sexual abuse. I was 12. Anyone who believes there should be no exceptions for rape and incest could never understand what it's like to stand in my shoes. This is to you, Daniel Cameron. To tell a 12-year-old girl she must have the baby of her stepfather who raped her is unthinkable. I'm speaking out because women and girls need to have options. Daniel Cameron would give us none. 
Yeah. Make yeah, it clear. I, hard hit. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's one of those things. It's like, I see that and I'm just like, I don't know how you could possibly argue with, I don't know how you could be like a hardcore pro-life Christian conservative and see that ad and your response just be like, well, that don't matter. You still can't kill babies. You know what I mean? But that, but like, I know there's going to be people who have that response. Be like, well, that baby still yeah. shouldn't have been killed. You can't kill babies, whatever. Like, I just don't know how you can't. Be also, uh, impact. It's all part of God's this. plan. Right. God yeah. Exactly. Mistakes, right. Yeah. The, um, and it just drives me crazy because I don't know how you could not be impacted by that kind of uh, messaging. Mm-hmm. And I know I saw the other Cameron, his opponent's response to it. I don't know if it's backpedaling or what, which would be, uh, which would be fitting. Cause he played defensive back at Louisville. Uh, you put, yep. so I don't know if he, if mm-hmm. it's backpedaling or bullshitting or what, but in response to this, he said that he, he was like, no, nah, I would sign a piece of legislation that had exceptions for rape and incest. Right. Like he's yeah, like, is he, uh, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Is he he's a full of shit yeah. or is he just like, is he pivoting because of this or w- had, whatever? Earlier they had a debate, I think last night and I watched a clip of it and they were talking about this and they did, the moderator is asking him. So do you think you've said you'd, what is your position on exceptions for rape and incest? Again, those are fake. They're inaccessible. The distance is on paper. They're just branding. But anyway, she asked him about it and he goes like, well, if, they, if this legislature passed the bill, I would sign it. And he's sort of like looking down in a way and stuff. And she was like, but you wouldn't like advocate for it. And he's like, just some mealy mouth shit. And Bashir was like, I will straighten the camera and say that I will keep abortion late. Cause it's like, it's much more camera just comes across as really dishonest. And if, yeah, if you're wondering, um, so Bashir was an AG before Daniel Cameron, Daniel Cameron ran, took a spot. Uh, like Trey said, he played backup defensive back for Louisville, then worked for Mitch McConnell. He's sort of like Mitch McConnell's pet project. Um, as attorney general, he's the guy who helped cover up Brianna Taylor's murder by taking the case away from the city of Louisville and making a state operation, letting all the cops off. Although he did, um, the one conviction he did get was the cop was uh, punished for uh, endangering her neighbors. So not for killing Brianna Taylor, but wildly firing through her apartment walls that could have hurt other people. Um, so uh, let me get from where we're at in the outline. Sorry. Uh, he, let me just quote Cameron here. I'll, when we talked about the the abortion law that went into effect after uh, Roe was overturned, our law has gone into effect now. I think this is a day and cause for celebration. Uh, so he can like try to backtrack all he want, but like he's full of full of shit. And if you're wondering, recent polling has Bashir up between like some polls say either two points, eight points, or sixteen points. I don't believe the sixteen, but either way, like he's like Cameron is pushing polls to say he's only two points behind. Yeah. So uh, even his campaign says right. he's losing. Right. Like just being straightforward about what you're about and honest about it hits for people. People like it. Cameron's coming across like a mealy mouth coward and Bashir's not. And like that matters to people a lot uh, to a degree to a lot of people more than actual issue positions. Just seeming like an honest person and younger governors like Bashir um, uh, Whitmer in Michigan, Pritzker in Ohio, and in, in, uh, sorry, Illinois, and Shapiro in Pennsylvania are this way, and people like them, and they're way more popular than Biden is in their states because of it. Um, I'm just saying, like, elect more leaders like Bashir. Um, in Mississippi, uh, there's a gubernatorial election where there was just uh, downgraded if you're Republican from likely Republican to lean Republican. Uh, Tate Reeves is still winning, but uh, Democrat challenger has been closing. Uh, the guy that is a guy by the name of Brandon Presley, who, mm-hmm. uh, 
he he goes the other way. He's a uh, he's pro life and openly about openly so about it. I'll to get you to get to his issues why he's catching on in a second. But if you're wondering, he was raised in father uh, in poverty after his father was murdered, and as a second cousin of the legendary Elvis Presley. So yes, he's that. Yeah, for, uh, yeah. You hear that? It's like how can any Democrat make any kind of like headway in Mississippi? And he's like, well, his last name's Presley, and he's Elvis's cousin. You're like, all right, well, okay. I guess that's mm-hmm. <laughs> makes a little bit of sense. So uh, the one of his signature issues is uh, uh, expanding Medicaid to save rural hospitals. He's done a lot of campaign events at rural hospitals, which I can tell you, um, like when my uh, nephew. Uh, Collapsed last week. There was like we had we have volunteer rescue squad. All the other because they're volunteers. It was the middle of the night. It took them like a long time to get there. And a long, like having access to like emergency health services is important to people. My mom yeah. tried to get an appointment for a routine infection, and uh, they told her to their general practitioner told her like they couldn't fit her in until like the middle of November. This was last week. So like this, people are struggling with this issue, and it like people should be fighting for it. You can just stand uh, on oh, it. Yeah. And say, well, yeah, I'm going to do hospital, socialism. Yeah, hospital in my hometown has uh, closed. <laughs> like three separate times and it is currently closed. Like it's closed and it got it back open. It closed again. And it, but anyway, it's closed now and has been closed for months, but I mean, yeah, you know, it's a whole shit show pizza mm-hmm. thing people care about, but yeah, you know, who are they going to vote for? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, that's the type of thing that I'd like to see these people mm-hmm. leaning on more when it, you know, especially in like the Southern States and whatnot or rural yeah. areas. <clears throat> uh, sorry. <clears throat> Uh, one more I wanted to mention briefly. Uh, Pennsylvania has a uh, Supreme Court uh, election that's kind of important. I don't know if you remember that, like, during uh, 2020, there was a whole dispute about mail ballots in Pennsylvania. And the Supreme Court deadlocked 3-3 because uh, a guy named Max Bayer was a Democratic chief justice had just died. Um <laughs> So it's important to like swing the balance, the the, the balance of the court, uh, and the election is pitting a Democrat by the name of Daniel McCaffrey, who's a judge on Pennsylvania Superior Court, up against a Republican named Carolyn Carluccio, uh, who is a soft core election denier, um, and uh, she, uh, yeah, she defeated in the primary a candidate who wasn't an election was not an election denier. So like you don't want to you don't want an election denier on the Pennsylvania Supreme Court because it's a swing state. Um, cause elections do matter. And to that point, I wanted to say that, uh, in Wisconsin, we talked about them trying to impeach Janet Prosewitz, who was just elected and is going to, uh, help, you know, uh, undo their horrific gerrymander and, uh, the Republican state, uh, speaker of the house, Rich Voss retreated. And so they're not going to do that anymore. Rich Voss. Was it? No, not Rich Voss. What was his name? Uh, <laughs> Robin, Robin Voss. Rich Voss. Oh, no, Rich Voss is a New yeah. York comedian from way yeah. back who's been around yeah. forever. And also, would, it's hilarious to picture Rich Voss in, in any kind of state house or whatever. But yeah, no, yeah. that's surprising. And uh, I guess, uh, you know, I'll take it. Uh, I would not have expected, you know, anyone in that position to have backed off of that. I figured they'd definitely try to go through with impeaching her and then. You know, who knows how I'd play out. That probably would have fucked it up. But for them to just back right. off, that hits for me. Uh, Matt, if you got uh, time and the inclination and the availability, bring us some uh, questions and comments. Thank you, McJet. McJet says, hit that like button, people. It's an odd ellipsis, in my opinion, but I, but I appreciate the reminder. Please hit the like button and uh, share and subscribe and all that stuff. And Severn Williamson says, Andy was voted in partly by teachers. We love him. He's been logical, safe, intelligent, and good for the economy. Yeah, I love a go- I love a governor you can call Andy. Feels like you can have a beer with him, you know. 
Mm, everybody loves that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, James L. Johnson says, yay, Kentucky. His success is that the last Republican governor was an a-hole and teachers like my mother and sister voted for him. Uh, teachers mm-hmm. out in full effect. I like it. Um, my sister and my mom are teachers. I love teachers. Yeah. Jesse Sampson says Democrats need better messaging. Yeah. We rail about it a lot. It's just like the, it's hard to message the bills they like to pass. Cause it'll be like, it, it's, we're going to, we're going to fight racism. And you go like, how oh. it's like, you know, in, in inclusionary zones and in certain economic districts, we're going to offer like low cost loans to small business. It's like, I already fucking lost you. Like I can't follow that. <laughs> and there's also, there's all these polls and stuff that show what people think about, like, you know, which party is better about certain things in the economy, including like job, like not just inflation and gas prices, mm. but things that like the Biden administration has been objectively had great numbers on like uh, unemployment or jobs and whatever. And mm. that people just get it fucking wrong. And it's like, and I don't know if that's just how bad the messaging is or how they're supposed to be doing it better or what. I mean, it's got to have them banging their head against the wall, but it's pure branding. Cause like, you can go back to like, dude, dude, the economy does better in a democratic president's going back to like FDR. Right. And like, I, I don't really have a solid understanding of why I have my guesses. Um, I think it's just like capitalism is a government run program. It needs rules. Like, would you rather watch football with no rules or football with rules? Right. Which one's a more effective product. And yeah. like, when you understand when you clearly understand the rules of the game, what's inbounds and out of bounds, then the economy just grows stably and normally. And then a Republican gets in office and takes off all the governors, all the rules, right. dumps dumps a bunch of fucking tax cuts, and then everything goes haywire, and yes. everyone can't understand why. Right. But they preside over, for a while, you know, some prosperity, make all uh-huh. these changes, things start to go shitty, and then by the time they're gone, then the next guy comes in and has to clean up that mess, and it takes a while to do it, and then they get blamed for all this shit that yeah. they inherited, we'll- and you just rinse and repeat. We'll um, make traffic go faster. Well, how? It's like we took off the brakes. Okay, yeah. but like <laughs> we want to be able to stop the car. You know, it's like, you know, it's one of those types of situations. Uh, Charles Ritz says, Trey, are you going to be in the Twin Cities in 2024? Uh, I certainly hope so. I'd say it'll probably be, I'm, I hope it's in the summertime uh, if I am. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd love, love the Twin Cities area. I've, I was there last spring or no, shit, I was there in February. Uh, mm-hmm. But I mean, I'll definitely be back for sure. Just don't know when exactly, but yeah. Yeah, Minnesota is one of the few states I haven't been to. Yeah. Peg Riley Partlow says, first time watching the show and very impressed. Also just found Trey's comedy recently and he makes me howl. Well, we're glad to have you, Peg. Thanks for being here. I certainly appreciate that. Um, yeah, I saw some people uh, pitch. I saw like a thing. I didn't tell you and Matt this, but I saw like a post on Reddit and some subreddit about like asking for suggestions for these types of podcasts and you know we were getting some love on there from people so oh nice you know, i never look at uh any like people, sometimes people send me messages but other than that i'd have no idea anybody watches this just me talking to you buddy that's what it is what it feels like right <laughs> and that's fine you know i think it's a that's a good attitude yeah. i have good outlook on it um i forgot to mention earlier if you are watching the show if you always watch the show if you have a podcast app of any kind on your phone if you go subscribe to it on there the audio version it's free don't cost you nothing but uh makes us look good so it's the only grift we're willing to do so uh so yeah and along those lines again uh, if you want to see me live and i will have some 2024 dates coming out soon we're like finalizing some right now um making me a little nervous honestly because we're talking about like january february and it's already almost november but they'll be out soon 
Uh, go to TreyCrowder.com. Come see me. Some great shows left for the end of this year. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, also on there, you can find a link to my book with Corey Forrester, Round Here and Over Yonder, Comedic Travel Guide. Very funny. Check it out. Check out the audio book if you prefer that. It hits. Honestly, our we would we think the audio book hits harder because, of course, we do because we read it. But, you know, <laughs> hell, get both. Why not? And then if you want to support the show and get more of it, then you go to uh, weeklyskews.com slash more or go on Patreon and look my name up $5 a month and you get full length bonus episodes twice a month and support the show in the process. Either way, the important thing is you keep coming back here every Skews day. If you do, we will too. We'll see you next week. Love you. Bye. Skews.